Father, we bless you and worship you, my heavenly Savior, King of glory. The Lord that stands above each and every catastrophe that has ever befallen man or will ever befall man, even the greatest of catastrophes that we behold that are coming to the life of man in the days of the great tribulation in the book of Revelation. Father, you've ordained them and you have them in control. My heavenly Savior, you stop forth the fires from consuming their prey. You stop forth the animals from, Lord, attacking their prey. You stop forth the seas and the oceans from attacking the land. You, Lord, you gave them their limits, and this is who you are, my King of glory. And there's no one that is like you, and there will never be my heavenly Savior. So we worship you and we bless you. Even in these hard and challenging days, we are counting on your King of glory, and you shall surely see us through. We bless you even as we share this message uh, today. May you bless your dear children that are struggling with coming to terms with issues that have gotten to deal with uh, the catastrophe of COVID and the pandemic as it is raging the world of King of glory. We want to pray that you shall be there, and you shall take us through because these have been here, and they shall be there, and you shall reign above them forever and ever we have prayed and believed. Amen. Amen and amen. A blessed, wonderful day, my dear friend, wherever you're picking this from. May the Lord bless and abundantly um, provide for you. My name is Leverand David Kagwa, and uh, I've come back right here to deliver the message that God has for us today. I don't know whether you've ever heard of a catastrophe or something that is really complicated in one's life like something comes and you don't have a thing to do about it, you cannot control it in any way, it simply comes and someone says, hell has broken loose, mama nyabo mfude. <laughs> have you heard things of that nature? So right now the world is having to struggle with um, uh, this global pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, and many people are asking questions and they are saying, where is God? Maybe he can't handle this. Maybe he has given up on us. But here we are uh, to get words of affirmation and guidance from the Lord and answers, uh, so to say, uh, in a topic that is entitled, how the Lord deals with catastrophes and hard times in life. How the Lord deals with catastrophes and hard times in life. And we are going to start with uh, uh, the catastrophe of the flood in Genesis. Uh, the reason we want to look at this is, um, it is a new teaching, uh, not that it's new that I'm introducing it, but I mean we are done with the teaching that we've been handling over the uh, past few days. And right now we want to see, is God able to handle catastrophes? Do they actually fall into place without his knowledge? Is there something or anything that he can do about it? Is it possible for God to get to address these kind of things? Uh, friends, we are going to be answering these and more questions as we go on. Today we are looking at and the flood catastrophe in Genesis. The general topic is entitled, How the Lord Deals with Catastrophes and Hard Times in Life. Uh, permit me to go to Genesis uh, chapter 6. I wanted to take it from the beginning. I usually want to build a very, very good foundation so that we can be able to discern things the way that they should be, for ideally that is what the Lord would have us um, do. Um, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. He says, then the Lord saw uh, the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man who 
whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them, but no found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise the name of the living Savior. The book of Genesis has a number of themes, but basically one of the major themes in there is uh, the fact that it portrays the sovereignty of God in the fact that he, the Lord has initiated and created each and everything. What does that make him? It makes him sovereign. You see that? Because he called things into being while they were not. You see, he sustained them. That is what we see from this book. So he has ordained things. He brings them into being. And basically, uh, they get to, you know, we get to realize that God basically brings things into being and therefore he's sovereign. Secondly, uh, there's the theme of the fasts. We get to see the fasts as in the first things in life the first life, the first death, the first sin, and issues of that nature. And in the same regard and breath, we get to realize that um, basically the first catastrophe is also recorded in the book of Genesis. And if uh, this is anything to go by, which it is, we realize that the flood was ideally the first major catastrophe of global scale. And it was far much greater than uh, most of the catastrophes that we are alluding uh, greatness to in our days. Uh, you, you see that? So what was happening right now? God had created man in his image and man was meant to honor God and give him glory in every way. But just like we get to uh, learn a few chapters after the creation later, we get to discover that man lost it by um, uh, following after his own heart and, uh, and submitting unto um, uh, the temptation of the enemy, the devil. So what happened was that sin crept into uh, human life. And uh, by default, you get to realize that when man is born, they are born as sinners, just like you know from uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. The Bible teaches and says, and uh, just like through one man, uh, sin came into the world and therefore what? Death. You see that? So this is why when man is born, we are born as sinners. And this is why when we speak of salvation, people should realize the essence and the depth of um, the relevance of salvation to man. Why? Because you cannot fix what you didn't start. We are fundamentally corrupted from the beginning. Now what happened was that God gets to a point and he says, I shall no longer struggle with man. What am I going to do? I am going to completely annihilate man and simply get him off the face of the earth. Let us study that once again. In verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. You see that? I have three points to make today after making that introduction here before us, dear friends. One is that man's intense corruption grieved the Lord. Man was intensely corrupted after the fall, and this grieved the Lord, you see. And two, God was determined to destroy man after this intense corruption. And then lastly, in this catastrophe, as we see, it is, uh, you know, God will always leave a way out for the salvation of man in every catastrophe because his point is not to simply destroy man but he will always and always i want to repeat that he will always leave out a way for the salvation of man but as a matter of fact and principle um it is obedience uh, through faith that shall save 
the remnants. We often call uh, the people that remain after destruction the remnants. In this particular case, it was eight souls <laughs> all over the world, eight souls out of the big wide world that the Lord had created. And the people that were living there, the Bible doesn't tell us how many there were at that particular point. You see that, my dear friend? So one, when catastrophes come in life, usually it is basically going to have something to do with sin in one way or the other, if you get to examine it. But it is not entirely true that uh, this is going to come uh, because um, th there are some that may affect particular people, uh, not necessarily because they have sinned, but when you trace um, oftentimes in biblical times, these major catastrophes oftentimes came because of human sin in one way or the other, either directly or indirectly. Uh, the fact that even people that are standing well with God um, may suffer out of that kind of thing, notwithstanding. You see that? So we get to realize that um, initially, man's intense corruption grieved the Lord, as we've read in Genesis 6, 5, you know, uh, and man was continuously evil. When man sinned, God said, I'm going to eliminate him. That is something that you've gotten to understand. You see, oftentimes when you go to the Old Testament, you're going to evaluate and establish that oftentimes when things like um plagues came you know a famines droughts oftentimes when god released them to into play uh, they were uh, basically coming uh, as a means of retribution as a means of a uh, retribution uh, to man because of the sin they had committed you see that, my dear friend? So, and I'm not suggesting that everything comes because of sin, but ideally, uh, most of this evil and suffering is to be traced back to uh, human sin. Uh, you, you see that? So, we need to understand that. If you're going to deal with these catastrophes, now, instead of uh, choosing God because in our generation, people are quick at choosing God and they tell him, now, God, you don't care about us. Now, you see, you're not intervening in our situation. But oftentimes, when you go back, you're going to realize that human sin somehow is involved. So, what is it that you ought to do? Repent before God instead of uh, choosing him. If um, um, the claims and the allegations of man are anything to go by, even this um, corona pandemic uh, would be something that calls for repentance. Uh, because people have claimed in some areas and social circles that this is something that was crafted in a laboratory somewhere. So, uh, and even if it wasn't crafted in one way or the other, isn't the world ripe for judgment? If you look at the way that we do things, women going after women in relationships, and so are men. A certain men going after men, a man hitting the other, us fighting at workplaces, in homes, and, and stuff of that nature. Aren't we ready for judgment? You see that? So one, we realize that oftentimes catastrophes are going to come and fall into place. Why? Uh, because of human sin, either directly or indirectly. Secondly, God decisively deals with this kind of uh, sin. And in this case, God was ready to destroy man because of sin. He was ready to simply annihilate him, as we see in uh, uh, verse 7 and verse 8. My dear friend, I just want to uh, recapitulate on that or revisit it for us to get to understand this. In verse 7, he says, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created uh, from the face of the earth both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. Now, um, 
I want to make this straight because if you go to certain versions, you're going to find that it appears as if God was regretting. God never regrets. <laughs> he actually doesn't have that in his vocabulary. He doesn't know how to regret and say, Mama Nyabo Mfude. He doesn't. You see, because he doesn't have a Nyabo ideally speaking. <laughs> he's been, you know, he's eternal. He's been there from, uh, you know, eternity past and will exist in uh, um, eternity to come. Uh, so you see that? Now the point is that God decisively deals with sin. And this we see from the first catastrophe in scripture. Now, there is, there is a wrong perception about life and uh, basically this has crept into uh, humanity in, uh, uh, in, in past where people claim and they're like, you know what, God will not deal with sin or uh, stuff of that nature. You see, don't judge me and stuff of that nature. But that's not biblical. You often hear people claim, do not judge me. But when you go to scriptures like John 7, um, 24, he's going to tell you that um, judge but with a righteous type of judgment. You see that? So this is what it is. When catastrophes set um, are, are, are released by God, and oftentimes they are, it is because he's dealing with this sin eh, of human life. But I want you to know that basically he leaves a remnant and uh, the, the, the passcode is faith. Once you continue having your faith in the Lord, this remnant, you'll be among the remnant. He actually says this in Obadiah, in Obadiah uh, in verse uh, 17, he says, but on Mount Zion, they shall be uh, those who shall survive. You see that? On Mount Zion, they shall be a survivor. They shall be a remnant. That They shall be a group of remnants. Why? Because they had chosen to put their trust in the Lord. Now, in the same way, you're going to see that this happened in the flood. And so this is going to happen in our day, in these uh, Corona days, my dear friend. I want us to address this and then move to the very last point here. When these catastrophes come, my dear friend, I want you to realize one thing. God remains in charge. He really, 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 really remains in charge. Now, there are people that flip the panic button every time there are, are catastrophes of a global scale or um, even if they are not global, but of some of some level that kind of uh, gets them off their feet in their lives. But I want to tell you, God never says, oops, he remains in charge. Let me show you something here in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 13 and see what it says. The Bible says, consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? I actually, I'm using New Americans, I'm using <laughs> I'm using uh, New King James, but I prefer New American Standard here. New American Standard says, for consider the work of God, for who can straighten what the Lord has bent. Uh, that is what I prefer, because they are making it crooked, doesn't sound good. Who can straighten what God has bent, yeah? In 14, he says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. You hear that? so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. So that is very important. There are people who think that when bad days come, then God is not in charge or probably he's asleep. He's not Baal. God is not Baal. He doesn't visit. He's, he's not asleep. Neither does he need help from anyone. So don't help him in the midst of this catastrophe, uh, if you want to call it that, this pandemic that we are facing right now. God continues and will remain in charge. He is sovereign. 
In First Chronicles 29, 11, he says, For yours is the power, the glory, the majesty. You know, he reigns above each and everything. Uh, you see that? So how are we going to continue reigning in catastrophic attacks and uh, issues of a uh, global uh, dimension that are um, messing up our lives? Um, the answer comes and comes very soon. Here in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 6, while everyone else was destroyed, what does the Bible say? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that is where the point is. While, while the, the entire world was destroyed by this flood, what happened with Noah? He found grace uh, in the sight of the Lord and seven other souls. And eight souls were saved out of this, uh, if you want, you may call it um, you know, a catastrophe. And it actually was. But we want to find the reason. One, we said that um, uh, this corruption, human corruption, often um, triggers God to release catastrophes. And friends, personally, I want to believe that God is involved in this corona pandemic. There is no way that you're going to convince me that it is the work of a laboratory a scientist somewhere, even if he made it, it would have to work only because God permitted it. Look at look look at Pharaoh and the project that he had to thwart the killing of Israel, and he had all the power, resources, and means to hold them forth. Did he? Was he able? No one can close the door when God chooses to lock it, and no one can open it when He chooses to close it. And that is what He uses in uh, Revelation 3, 7, uh, quoting the words of Isaiah 22, 22. You see that? So for me, I am very sure that God is involved in this. And you know what? No human intervention, totally human intervention is going to be able to save us, except if we go back to the Lord, cry out unto him, and uh, through men, of course, he'll bring a solution. Now, finally, uh, remember, we are talking about how to uh, how the Lord deals with catastrophes and hard times in life or in history. Let us see finally how God dealt with this. Why did Noah get saved? The reason is God will always uh, leave a way out uh, for the salvation of men. But this always requires faith. God will always save people by faith. He has saved people by faith in the past. He has saved people. He's saving people by faith today. He will save people by faith in the future. There are no two ways about it. There will never be, my dear friend. There will never be. So I want us to realize this. When you go to um, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, I know many of us know that that is um, uh, the whole of fame of faithful people in uh, the Bible. Basically, that is what it is. Eh? Uh, Noah, uh, surprisingly, or um, for some, but unsurprisingly for many Bible uh, scholars, comes first after God has spoken about faith. You know why? Foundation. He was the first down there. This is why I, I preferred to start teaching catastrophes by going back to the foundation in Genesis. In Genesis, uh, sorry, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible teaches and says, uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, who God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now listen to this. Who comes uh, next therein? It is Noah. He says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark, 
for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and he became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. You see that, my friend? So it is faith that saved Noah. God could have saved the whole world if they had cared to place their faith in the Lord. And friends, as we go through this uh, corona pandemic and um, as it attacks the world, as it changes things upside down, as we, we lose our jobs, as you can't go to office anymore, as you can't find the resources that you need to take care of your people, what you need is a practical faith in the Lord. One, a saving faith. Two, a persevering faith. And, and three, an active faith that works in the Lord. You see, some of us are simply going to survive. I, I should actually put it right. Some of us have survived the pandemic. Why? Simply because of faith. You simply refuse to die. There are people that have survived, and I'm one of them, that simply said, I'm not going to die of this thing. Before my time. And this is how faith works, my dear friend. And this is how it works. You see, the disobedient die in this kind of thing. They really do. The disobedient die. And I'm not suggesting that every single person that has died in this pandemic was disobedient. No, but that can be qualified in scripture because, you know, Paul says in uh, Philippians 1, 1, 20, he says that to me to live is who? Christ and to die is gain. <laughs> Therefore, even if we die and we have faith in the Lord, it doesn't really matter because it's the resurrection and the life. You, you, you see that? So in First uh, uh, Peter uh, chapter 3, in verse 20, the Lord goes right ahead and he qualifies this uh, for us. Uh, he goes right ahead and he emphasizes this point. And he says, First Peter chapter 3, in verse 20, he goes right ahead and he says uh, that, um, he says that, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited, in the days of Noah, you hear that? While the ark was being prepared, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, and is not speaking of uh, this physical baptism there, but one of the spirit. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Now listen to this. What he actually means there is eh, he is comparing spiritual salvation here to the salvation that Noah was able to receive through the flood. What is the denominator here? The denominator is faith. In other words, God is saying, by faith, you can get saved the same way Noah was saved out of the catastrophe of death from um, what uh, sin would bring. In fact, sin is more catastrophic than the flood was. You see, this is what he means here. But even if you want to apply it to the corona pandemic that we are facing right now, people are refusing to die by faith. People are living by faith. I told you of a man at some point that was taken to Nambole and he thought he was sick and he actually took a test before he went to Nambole PCR and it turned out positive. But what happened was that he had a little bit of hypertension and when he got there, the doctors looked at him and they said, you know what, when you look at you, mm -mm, you don't look that bad. Go back home. God bless doctors that have wisdom and discernment from him. And they said, but you know what, before you go, we are going to do a confirmatory test and they did it. 
And the man was okay. No COVID. <laughs> and then the guy, listen to this. The guy got healed immediately. <laughs> so some people are going to die before their time simply because of not having faith. This is what we are saying here. Some of us don't have a single speck of worry. Why? Because we have this faith within us, faith that moves mountains. I mean, some of us, I had not to the devil to crack. Why? Because even if COVID killed me, now, why does that matter? Because I'm going home. If I remain living here, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible thing to his kingdom. And so are you if you're born again. You understand that? The reason many of us don't have peace is, one, people have faith either People have faith in Christ, which is on holiday. They're in Hawaii. They're not having active faith. Once they came to Christ, they got saving faith and they have simply rested. Or the second category are people that don't have faith in Christ. Therefore, they juggle their own lives and try to move here and there. That kind of thing doesn't help you. But once you have faith in Christ, you cruise on and cruise on, and uh, then you're able to have peace, the sort of peace, the sort of peace that perseveres even through challenges. And this is what the Lord has spoken about when he says in John 14, 27, that my peace, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give unto you. In the, you see? What he's saying is there's a type of peace that the world gives and there's a type of peace that the Lord gives. The type of peace that the world gives is a type of temporary happiness, which I told you depends on a happening. And finally, the type of peace that the Lord gives is a peace that surpasses every human understanding, is a peace that surpasses your condition. You understand that, my friend? COVID or no COVID, job or no job, money or no money, you have this, you know, a, a confident assurance of peace that surpasses human understanding, my dear friend. And um, basically, that is what I meant there, my dear friend. This is the kind of perseverance that Job had, and this is what you're meant to have even in our day. Today, I pray that you surely submit unto the Lord and let him come and take charge, even in this catastrophe. Drawing lessons from um, the saints gone, uh, drawing lessons from the way the Lord has handled things in the past, we can surely persevere through this pandemic. We can surely, you know, make it through this pandemic much more stronger in the spirit and much more confident in the spirit, knowing that the Lord is in charge, even when this kind of thing is here. King of glory, you who was able to take Noah, and his family through the flood or king of glory by faith because they submitted to you. There are many souls that you would have saved, my heavenly savior, like you teach in Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. Father, you say that there are many souls that refused to come unto you by the preaching of Noah, and yet surely you would have saved them. I am praying for my brother. I am praying for my sister. Wherever they may be, those that are struggling with the current pandemic, those that are struggling with the challenges that it has brought forth, that they shall lift up their eyes, O oh God, and focus on you and know the surrounding before them, that they shall make it through faith, that they shall count on you, my heavenly Savior, King of glory. I pray in a special way that God shall touch you, that you shall not win in your faith, that you shall not go to the devil, but persevere through, that will not go into morality to have your way, that you shall not go into theft to have your way. I hear make ends meet, that you shall not do anything that is against the will of God. May the Lord steer us through. May the Lord make us make it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have prayed and believed. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you.